No matter what you're a fan of, Texas has the trip for you. There's the trip to Texas and the trip. Or maybe you're the kind of fan who'd prefer a trip to Texas or a trip. Either way, go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Introducing Celebration Key, your key to paradise. Unlock Carnival's all-new exclusive destination at Grand Bahama, where you can dive into clear lagoons, try all the water sports, or unwind on a mile-long, pristine beach with breathtaking sunset views. This vacation paradise has it all. Celebration Key, welcoming guests in summer 2025. Carnival, choose fun. Copyright 2024 Carnival Corporation, all rights reserved. Ships Registry, the Bahamas and Panama. This episode of the Art of Manliness podcast is brought to you by Huckberry. Huckberry is my favorite place to shop online. Everything from clothing, they got stuff for your everyday carry, camping gear, things for your house, like furniture and even like art. You name it, they've got it. And they handpick all this stuff to feature in their store. Go check it out at huckberry.com. And if you want to see some of the things I've purchased from Huckberry over the years, go to aom.is slash aomhuck. And if it's your first time purchasing, use code ART15 at checkout and you'll save 15% off your first purchase. Again, aom.is is slash AOM Huck and then code ART15 to save 15% off your first purchase. Brett McKay here and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Now let's say you were plopped in the middle of the wilderness with nothing but your wits. Would you know what to do to survive? Or how about, let's say there's some sort of natural disaster. Power's cut off, gas is cut off, water's cut off. Would you know how to survive those hours, days, maybe even weeks without those amenities? Well, our guest today has dedicated his life to helping people prepare for those sort of wilderness survival or emergency situations. His name is Creek Stewart, and uh, he is the owner of Willow Haven Outdoor. It's a survival school in Indiana. And you might recognize Creek. Uh, he's written a lot of articles, some of our most popular content on the art of manliness, how to build a survival shotgun, how to build a 72-hour kit. Uh, he's also written a, bo- a few books. He's out with a new one called The Unofficial Hunger Games Survival Guide. Uh, so in the off chance, we have societal collapse, and we have a reality show where it's the last man standing wins. This book will tell you how to survive. And we're going to talk to him today about his book and also some other advice on how to prepare for emergency situations. Stay tuned. Well, Creek, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So, I mean, we were just talking about this earlier. This is the first time we've actually talked on the phone like before. I mean, you've written so many great articles for us. We never actually gotten together to, to chat. So this is, this is a, a first. I know. It's great to put a voice with all the emails that we sent back and forth. So that's modern technology for you, I guess. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's do a little background about you. You are a professional survival instructor, and that's what you do for a living. I'm sure there's a lot of guys who are like, man, that sounds like the dream job. I mean, how did you become a survival instructor? Did it start as a hobby as a kid, and then you just somehow managed to figure out a way to make, make a living off this? Tell us your story. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're exactly right. And 
it certainly hasn't been uh, it hasn't been an easy road and one without hurdles and bumps like most like most people's stories I guess who probably pursue their dreams. But um, you know, I grew up in Scouts, longtime Scout, you know, Eagle Scout, and um, always loved the outdoors. Always had a passion for self reliant skills, um, and always knew I would end up in an outdoor related profession or business somehow, somewhere. Um, I, in mean, when I was in college, you know, really trying to find my way, I ended up writing a, a small self-published wilderness survival manual about the skills I knew at that time. I was 21. So, so it's about 15 years ago. And I took that little manual and I sold it to Boy Scouts. I took out an ad in the back of Boy's Life magazine and, I was going around from troop to troop and, you know, kind of hawking this little survival manual about the skills I knew at the time. And that little manual led to me holding some two-hour courses on my parents' farm in southern Indiana. And those little two-hour courses led to me holding one-day courses. And, you know, then I started doing more and more courses and, uh, you know, invested the next kind of five to six years really taking my skill set seriously, you know, because there's only, you can only teach the skills if you're proficient in them yourself. And so I took some time and really invested in training and making sure my skills were up to par. And I was a mobile business for a long time. You know, I was an old explorer with a trailer and I would drive from rental land and farmland and state parks and you know for the longest time while working a full-time job and sometimes two full-time jobs and um and you know about three or four years ago I decided to really to really go deep and I invested in a facility and a building and so I have 21 acres and and a beautiful lodge and you know that's when you know, my business will really change, you know, when I had a facility and I could hold three-day courses and people could spend the night. And so that's kind of my story in a nutshell. That's a, that's, that's a really inspiring story. I mean, it just seems like it's just a lot of hustle that went on there. So now you have um, this facility so people can come out to your places in Indiana, right? It is, central Indiana. And basically learn how to be a, a mountain man, essentially. Yeah, I mean, we definitely teach manly skills. So, I mean, we teach primitive survival skills, you know, how to meet your basic core human survival needs, shelter, water, fire, and food. Yeah, and one of the things I like about uh, your style and your approach, I mean, you're just very approachable with this material because I know for a lot of people, sort of the layman uh, who who's completely new to prepping and survival stuff, it can be kind of intimidating um, to because it's, it's a different kind of, group of people who are interested in it. Uh, but this stuff's important for everybody. I just love how you make it accessible to, to everyone. So um, kudos to you for doing that. Um, what do you, let's talk about some, let's talk about that sort of barrier, that intimidation. There's a lot of prepping terms that, um, yeah, like jargon, right? That if you didn't know what it yeah. meant, you're like, what, what is that? You know, for example, like bugging yeah. out is a common one and then bugging in. Um, mm. What's the difference between bugging out and bugging in and how do you prepare for those type different types of situations? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, the, the definition of bugging out is when a disaster of any type, whether natural or man-made strikes your area and it's no longer safe to stay at home. The decision to stay at home is actually, you know, life threatening. 
So in, in response to that, you have to evacuate your home in search of a safer destination and head from point A to point B. And that decision is what, what we refer to in the survival industry as bugging out. Um, now, bugging in is, you know, an ideal scenario in a disaster situation because it's, it's the exact opposite. It's you decide maybe in a severe storm, it's not life-threatening, but your lights are out, you may not have electricity, you may not have gas, you may not be able to drive around, maybe there's ice-covered roads. And so your decision is to hunker down, close your doors, and provide for yourself inside your own home for, you know, anywhere from, you know, extended period of time, anywhere from maybe 12 hours to three days, maybe even two weeks, who knows. Yeah, we, uh, in Oklahoma, we get like these really wicked ice storms. And a few years ago, there was one, and the electricity was out for over a week, and uh, you couldn't go anywhere. And it was kind of scary, because like you had, we had, you know, stuff on hand, but then you started getting to that point where like, oh, you know, we're, we're reaching that limit where we should have had some more. Um, so yeah, being prepared for a, that was, I guess that would be a bugging in situation. It would absolutely. And you know, Oklahoma had a bug out situation. What about a week and a half ago, you know, those tornadoes yeah. that came through people, you know, all of a sudden staying in the path of the tornado is, you know, a life threatening decision. So people had to kind of bug out. Yeah. So part of the, the essential part of bugging out is having a bug out bag. And it seems like there's just people are just talking about this you know, all over the internet. Well, you know, you got to get your bug out bag. And you, in fact, wrote just a fantastic uh, article post about how to build a bug out bag. And you even published a book on, on how to build a bug out bag, um, which I highly recommend you guys get. It's awesome. I'm using it to build my own, my family's bug out bag. You know, Creek has these awesome lists where he like tells you exactly what you need, how many of you, of those things you need. Um, based on the number of people. So we've been, my wife and I have been slowly putting together our bug out bag with this book. But Creek, can you give us kind of a, just like a basic rundown of the sort of items you'd want in a bug out bag? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the most important aspect of a bug out bag is that it's a bag. It's a backpack. You know, it's got to be something mobile uh, because just because we're leaving our home doesn't mean that we may be able to do so in a vehicle, you know, and especially in big cities, when everybody leaves their residence at the same time, um, it ends in nothing short of traffic jams. And so traveling by foot may be a necessity. So um, the bug out bag, first and foremost, has to be mobile. You've got to be able to carry it. Um, all, all teaching I do and any survival kit I think about or you know, talk about, it always starts with four categories, and that's what I call the core four. It's shelter, water, fire, and food. So the first four categories of any survival kit, including a bug-out bag, should include tools and gear and things to help you meet your core basic survival needs in the shelter, water, fire, and food categories. Gotcha. So just like have an extra pair of clothes, um, maybe have a tarp for shelter? Yeah, so if, if, you want to, if you want to kind of delve in a little bit more specifically, like shelter category, for my bug-out bag, I use a lightweight backpacking tent. You know, I like the idea of a tent that closes you off from the rest of, you know, what might be happening around you. But, you know, definitely a sleeping bag, definitely some kind of a tarp, maybe a backup emergency survival blanket, um, uh, 
maybe a backup uh, rain poncho that could be configured into the shelter configurations. So shelter is, you know, in extreme conditions, humans can live for three hours without shelter, three days without water, and three weeks without food. So shelters are really important, and hypothermia is the number one outdoor killer in this country. Hmm. More deaths related to hypothermia than any other outdoor-related death, falling, climbing accidents, four-wheeler accidents, snake bites. I mean, it is a, it's a huge silent killer. So shelter is very important. And then I guess water, just have some, some, just kind of the basics, have an extra bottle of water perhaps. And then exactly, exactly. You know, you know, the ideal time frame for a, the average disaster lasts 72 hours where, you know, we're in the absence of the utilities that we depend on so much like electricity and water and food and things like that. So plan for 72 hours worth of water, which a good estimate is three liters you know, and because water is so critical and you can move through it pretty quickly, um, a backup solution to water, whether it's a, you know, portable life straw or lightweight backpacking pump for a, you could source water from a creek or a pond. So just some kind of backup to the three pieces you already have. Gotcha. And what I find, what I found interesting about the bug out bag is that a lot of people just already have this stuff laying around their house. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of putting it all in one place. So when something does happen, you can just grab it and go. Exactly. You know, that's the whole concept because, you know, the last thing you want to be doing in the sometimes seconds that you have of being notified of a large-scale disaster, the last thing you want to be doing is trying to pack. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great kit to have just in case Mother Nature or man gives you very little to no warning. Yeah, and I guess the bug out bag can also serve as sort of a bug in bag in some situations too, right? Like if water's out, then you can use the resources in your your bug out bag to uh, fulfill that need. Absolutely, I dig into my bug out bag all the time. You know, whether especially when I sometimes I'll grab my bug out bag if I'm going on a long trip. You know, I'll have that in the car with me, and you know, I'll dig into my bug out bag when I'm at home when the lights go out for you know a, a large storm or a windstorm or something like that. It doesn't have to save your life to be really useful and practical. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. It's, you talk, it's funny. You mentioned the, the car thing. My, uh, my dad's man, he, several years ago, I mean, it's been almost like over 20 years ago, he got stuck in a blizzard between Amarillo and Oklahoma city. And, um, he had to pull to the side wow. of the road and yeah, he was there for like a day. Like he had it, but like, thankfully he had a bunch of stuff in his car where he's able to, you know, you know, feed himself, stay warm. Wow. Uh, so yeah, kids, uh, make sure you have something in your car because you never know what when it can happen. It happened to my dad. Yeah, exactly. A classic. I mean, just a classic textbook example of what I call sudden and unexpected survival scenarios. Because there's a big misconception that you know this doesn't happen. This won't happen to me. This only happens to other people and people on the news. But, um, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, when I teach survival skills, I don't talk about zombies and <laughs> meteorites and alien invasions. I mean, I talk about the real stuff that happens to real people, just like you and me, on a regular basis. And I guess that must be the biggest barrier for, to, in preventing people to start preparing or getting ready for those type of things. They just don't think it happens, right? They just think, oh, it'll never happen to me. It'll happen to someone else, so I'm not going to do anything about it. I mean, is that the biggest barrier? That is certainly 
that is certainly on the top of the list. You know, just the mentality that it, it's not going to happen to me. You know, there's just such a naive. We're just so comfortable, you know, in in especially the U.S. And I know you have an international audience as well, but you know, we're just so comfortable here, you know. And it's it's so hard to imagine that, you know, our basic human survival needs aren't, you know, just around the corner or the flip of a switch. But it happens. It absolutely happens to people. And I would say the number two barrier is people are busy. Their mm. schedules are hectic. And it's hard to carve out time for yourself sometimes, let alone putting together a kit, which is certainly an investment of time. Definitely. Um, let's talk about you. So you mentioned um, the, oh, well, I was going to talk about, yeah, like that whole mentality. I love the uh, the phrase that you use to sign off on posts and your emails. It's like, it's not if, but when. Right. I love that. Because, yeah, you always think, oh, you know, if it might happen, then I'll do this. But it's like, it's if is so conditional um, and it, when you think about, you know, when it's more immediate and more pertinent and it brings thing, that sort of mentality, uh, I guess gives you like lights a fire under your butt to get, get things going. Um, yeah. And I really believe that too. I, I really believe that, you know, we have a pretty high probability of at some point in our lives, finding ourselves in some kind of sudden and unexpected survival scenario, you know, just like those cruise ships that yeah. bring, you know, two huge cruise ships in the middle of the ocean shut down for seven days, you know, and I bet those people never thought in a million years when they left on their vacation, they'd be fighting for their basic human survival needs for a few days. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, cruise ships, like it's like mad, everything kind of magically happens for you. You have like all the, all you can eat buffet you've got, I mean, it's just, everything's catered towards you. And like, as soon as that's gone, you're like, okay, what do I do now? Um, right. Seriously. Right. That's gotta be scary. <laughs> Um, so you talked about, uh, for your bug out bag, you need to think about the core four. Um, let's take that concept of the core four to skills. I'm guessing the most important skills that a, a person should work on developing, um, s- center around those core four. So fire building, uh, shelter building, are those like the most important hard skills? A- absolutely. You know, I mean, top three hard skills are sh- understanding basic sheltering principles, you know, understanding what your dangers are, what your threats are uh, with sheltering and how to kind of combat those in, a, in any type of a situation, whether it's wilderness or urban. Um, number two set of skills, and, you know, the top three, it depends on the circumstances, what's one, two, or three, but the top three are shelter, water, you know, understanding how to purify water, understanding how to find water, how to track water, and number three, fire, because fire can be so relevant to shelter and water. You know, if for some reason you don't have the resources or the knowledge to erect or configure a suitable shelter, all of a sudden fire becomes your number one resource for regulating core body temperature. So your fire building skills are really important. And on the same line against water, you know, if you can't, if you don't have a modern pump or chemical purifiers, or a life straw, and you don't have potable water, all of a sudden, boiling becomes your number one way to purify drinking water. And obviously... All right, so if you're like me, you've probably signed up for a whole bunch of stuff that has a recurring monthly fee. Subscriptions to newsletters, subscriptions to services that you use online, uh, could be a streaming service, something like that. 
you sign up for it and then you forget about it. And then every month you're getting charged and charged and charged and they just all add up and you have a hard time trying to figure out where did I sign up for this? I don't know where this is coming from. Well, let me tell you, there's an app that can help you with that. It's called Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I had a chance to use Rocket Money and it works. You connect your account to it and then it goes through your accounts and helps you find those recurring subscription fees that maybe you forgot about and then you can cancel them and save yourself a bit of money each month. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com manliness. That's rocketmoney.com slash manliness, rocketmoney.com slash manliness. If you're like my family, we're getting to the busy part of the year. Spring sports are happening, a lot of after-school activities. So sometimes planning and cooking dinner, just don't have time for that. That's where Factor Meals comes in. With Factor, you get fresh, never-frozen meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. With Factor, you get restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prepping, no cooking, no cleanup needed. It's also less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious. So we've been using Factor meals in the McKay household for a while now. There's a lot of reasons why we like them. First off, the food tastes great. Last week, I had creamy pesto pork chop with spinach, cauliflower, rice, roasted green beans. Tasted fantastic. But the big selling point, it's easy. There's no cooking. There's no cleaning up. It's great for those nights when you're busy and you don't have much time uh, to, to take care of dinner and you don't want to do takeout because you feel gross after takeout. If you'd like to try Factor Meals, head to factormeals.com slash manliness50 and use code manliness50 to get 50% off. That's code manliness50 at factormeals.com slash manliness50 to get 50% off. Check it out today and make sure to check out the creamy pesto pork chop. It's really good. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of known in negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now 
at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. You need fire to boil water. So those three are the definitely the top three skills to focus on. Um, fire building is probably the most time-consuming because it is truly an art. But regardless of which survival skill we're talking about, there is only one way to learn a skill, and it is through practice and repetition. You can read all the books, you can watch all the videos, and even train with some of the best instructors in the world. But until you get on your hands and knees and start doing these skills with your O2 hands and trial and error, it is the only way to learn them. Also by The Strenuous Life. The Strenuous Life is an online platform that we created to help you put into action the things we've been writing about on theartofmanliness.com and talking about on the podcast for the past 10 years. And we've done that in a few ways. First, we created a series of 50 different badges based around 50 different skills. There's hard skills like self-defense, wilderness survival, orienteering, auto repair. And then there's also soft skills like personal finances, social skills, how to be a better public speaker, better husband, better father. We also provide daily accountability for physical fitness and doing a good deed, helping you think outside of yourself. Then we also provide weekly challenges that are going to push you outside of your comfort zone physically, mentally, and socially. And some of the weekly challenges involve MoveNet. So if you like the MoveNet thing, it's interesting to you. Well, Strenuous Life will have you doing some of that stuff. If you like to know when our next enrollment opens up, which is happening the week of June 15th, but you want to be the, one of the first to know when enrollment opens up, head over to strenuouslife.co, put your name on our waiting list. We'll send you an email when enrollment opens up. When you sign up, make sure you whitelist our email in your email provider so the email doesn't go to spam. That happens to a few people and they miss out. We've done everything we can to prevent that from going to spam, but take that extra step, whitelist us so that doesn't happen. Strenuouslife.co. Hope to see you in the next enrollment the week of June 15th. And now back to the show. So that's a, that's a great point. Um, but how do you, you talked about being busy, right? That's one of the pre- things that prevents people from doing that. Any suggestions you have for the average person out there who's listening? They're like, man, I, I really want to practice. I want to develop these skills. How do I work those in to my schedule? I mean, there, do you have any like suggestions on that? Absolutely. You know, there's a huge misconception that in order to practice survival skills, you have to go into the remote wilderness for two weeks and put yourself in a survival situation to actually practice the skills. I get that all the time. Well, I don't have 80 acres. How do I, how can I practice? Well, you practice this stuff in your backyard. You know, you don't need any, you could practice, if you live in an apartment, you could practice all 99% of the skills you need to know to save your life in the wild can be practiced on the, on a five square foot patio in the back of an apartment. You know, the misconception is that you need wide open spaces and all this land to practice some of these skills, and it's just not the case. And quite frankly, they're not really that time-consuming, you know? And I've never, ever, for anybody who has kids, you know, or young people in their life, I've never, ever met a kid who doesn't absolutely love spending time with someone learning outdoor skills. It is an excellent way to just bond with people and you know, if you go camping, you can incorporate some of these fire-building skills or shelter-building skills in a camping trip. It doesn't have to be a dedicated survival skills weekend. You know, a lot of these things can be incorporated into activities that we do on a regular basis. You know, instead of instead of starting the fire and, and the barbecue with the lighter this week, maybe you do something a little bit different. Maybe you do something a little primitive and, and try to strike it with a ferro rod or a or a piece of man-made, or a piece of natural found tinder or something. That's a, that's some great stuff right there. That, that's just giving me some great ideas. I've got some ideas bubbling in my mind right now. What to do with, like, my son's two, but he's, 
I mean, I'm like one looking forward to the age when he gets a little bit older where I can like do stuff with him and yeah. just going in the backyard and just like, Hey, we're going to set up a tent today or Hey, we're going to learn how to start a fire with uh, a magnifying glass. I've never met a, a boy who doesn't want and love to build a fort. Oh yeah. That'd be you awesome. Know? And you know, and you follow a fort instead of a survival shelter and all of a sudden I start lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, so those are the hard skills, uh, shelter building, fire building, uh, water. But are there any, like, soft skills, like, you know, any things you need to do to mentally prepare for a survival situation or psychologically or socially? I mean, are, is there a, a soft component to survival as well? Sure, absolutely. You know, I mean, I don't know the the percentage, but, you know, a high, high, high 90% of survival is mental. You know, what What your mind decides, your body will do. And so if I had to pick, if I had to just pick two kind of mental survival skills that people can work on, you know, as they go about their daily routines or, or daily activities, number one, and I believe your most important survival skill is this, it will always be your ability to improvise. Because if there's one thing I can promise you about a sudden and unexpected survival scenario, it's that you won't have everything you need. That kind of defines the survival scenario, kind of gives you the definition of that scenario. So you all of a sudden have to make do, have to meet your needs with what you have. And oftentimes that's with what you have in the car, like your dad did, uh, in your pockets, in a purse, in a backpack, and it's using oftentimes everyday items and trash in a different way. It's looking at things, what I call through survival tinted goggles. So a good, just kind of a fun exercise to do with your family or your buddies is to throw a random random product on the table and then just brainstorm as many things as you can think of as how, how that product could be used to meet one of your core four basic human survival needs. That's awesome. And you'd I be love surprised. That. Yeah, and you'd be surprised at the list. You know, the first few to come out are always a little crazy, but once they start coming and people start brainstorming, you'd be surprised at all the crazy ways, regular everyday items that we see in the you know, in ditches along the road can be used to meet our core basic survival needs with a little bit of creativity. Well, you've actually written some articles for the art of manliness, this sort of thing. Like it's one of some of our most popular articles. The uh, the survival tampon uh, is an Classic example. example. Yeah, I mean, who would have known that this is like the what, what do you call the tactical survival tool? What, what does tampon mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forget exactly what it was. It definitely tactical outdoor adventure tool or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, and then you also did it with the cell phone, right? Like if you have a busted cell phone, like here's different ways right. you can. So yeah, I mean, so I guess your your suggestion is like just take stuff you find in your house, plop it on the table, and say, "All right, find as many ways as you can to use this as a survival instrument." Exactly, and it's actually pretty fun to do, you know. And and like any skill, whether the hard, you know, we talked about the hard skills, how practice is important. You know, thinking outside of the box and being creative is a skill. And if that's encouraged, and if you encourage your mind to think that way on a regular basis, you'd be surprised at how quickly you start to develop the ability to improvise and kind of look at products through that, through those survival tinted goggles that I talk about. 
That's awesome. All right, so let's talk about your new book. Uh, you got a new book out. Uh, it's the Unofficial Hunger Games Survival Guide. Uh, who's this book geared towards? What's your goal with this book? Well, I tell you what, I always told myself I was never going to write a primitive survival skills manual. Um, there's so many on the market, and quite frankly, I didn't really feel like I could add to the content that was already out there. I mean, there's only so many different ways you can present how to build a shelter and how to do a bow drill and how to start fire with sticks. And and there's a lot of great primitive survival skills manual in the market. So I always told myself that's been done numerous ways before and I'm never going to write one. And then the Hunger Games came along, which if, if no one knows what the Hunger Games are, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you've <laughs> been, been sleeping under a rock. Yeah, seriously, that's, that's putting it lightly. Um, huge huge young adult survival-themed fiction book series. There's three books in that series, number one book series in probably the world for the past year, and maybe even a couple years. And it gave me an opportunity to reach, to present primitive skills in a totally different way and reach an audience that necessarily doesn't, that doesn't necessarily go out and pick up you know, your traditional primitive skill survival manual. So while this book does have a Hunger Games theme, it is certainly not, it is certainly not only for Hunger Games fans. You know, it, uh, it is at its core, I teach all of the survival skills and more mentioned throughout the book series, the Hunger Games book series. But at its core, it is a primitive skills manual. You know, it, these are real, these are not fictional skills. These are real skills for real people in real situations. So whether you're a Hunger Games fan or whether you're a survival fan, it's an awesome read. It's, um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's full of pictures, which I love. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not heavy reading, you know, it's real light reading. Uh, I, I'm a very light kind of, you know, very light writer. And my, my writing is easy to read, and uh, and this fits right in there. So it's presenting primitive skills in a really different and unique way that's never been done before. Awesome. So what, what sort of skills um, inspired by the movie will we find in the book? We've got some pretty cool ones. I mean, we definitely talk about twitch-up snares. We definitely talk about how to build snares, but I've done a great post for you for the art of manliness on, <laughs> on snares too yeah uh, we we definitely talk about wild edibles um a big theme of the hunger games is katniss this main character actually katniss is name that name is named after a wild edible tuber the katniss plant also known as the arrowhead plant so the, the hunger games book series has a wild edibles theme so i talk about a lot of the wild edibles that those characters might have been harvesting and gathering a lot of different hunting tools and techniques. Um, there's kind of a cool scene in the book where Katniss is preparing a, a warm soup for this other character named Peta, And she heats this soup by putting in sun warmed rocks to heat this soup. And there's a part in the book where I teach people how to make a coal burned container out of wood and then use hot rocks to actually boil and purify water in a wooden container. Oh, that's which awesome. Which is kind of unique. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's uh, applying a lot of those skills mentioned and 
you know, really fleshing them out so that people can, you know, practice them and understand them, and hopefully one day, if they ever, if they ever need to, use them. Well, speaking of which, if one day, what are the chances, you know, as a survivor expert, uh, <laughs> what are the chances you think will end up like Panem, where, you know, there's societal breakdown in the United States, and the country's divided yeah. into 12 districts, and we make teenagers kill each other. Um, what are the chances that uh, that'll happen? That your your book will actually, you know, the, the skills you teach will actually be a, applicable in in the the arena, so to speak. Yeah, seriously. Well, you know, I mean, I'm the kind of guy that says never says never. Yeah. So, um, you know, probably slim, you know, but all all great superpowers have fallen, and um, you know, one, you know, the chances of maybe Panem are pretty slim, but the chances of being thrust into a sudden and unexpected survival scenario are not so slim. Yeah. You know, I really, I really believe that this stuff, this stuff happens to people on a regular basis. I mean, we see it on the news and I really believe that these skills are important. You know, we're not the society that we were 150 years ago where a lot of this is common knowledge. Mm-hmm. We have become accustomed to, our basic needs being provided for us rather than us providing them. And a lot of people are very uncomfortable when, when faced with a scenario like that. So, you know, even though it may not be a complete societal collapse, it only takes three hours to die, and then sometimes less. So basic primitive skills and, and modern skills with tools are, will always have their place regardless of what society is like or what the world is like. As long as we're on planet Earth, Mother Nature will always be our greatest adversary. For sure. All right. So, Creek, um, final question. What what can we expect from you in the future? I mean, I'm always amazed. You've, you seem like you get all these projects going on. What are some of the, the ones we can look forward to that you got coming down the pipe? Well, I, I try to stay busy. <laughs> I always try to put out good survival content, man. You do. So I'm I'm constant I'm trying I'm constantly just trying to come out with, you know, good writing and good good content for people, you know, that's gonna make a difference someday. So I, I try to be entertaining at the same time and I try to I try to do stuff that's valuable. Um, you know, one of the product projects I'm most excited about right now is I've I've written my first it's my first survival fiction novel. It's a, it's a young adult novel. Um, it's probably one of the, one of the projects that I've been most excited about in my whole career. Um, it's a, it's a really great story. It's, it's about a, it's about a boy, 17 years old. Uh, the name of the book is Rugosa. Um, it'll, it'll be out in a few months. Uh, you can obviously get more, more information on my website, but, uh, it's about this 17 year old boy in kind of a collapsing society travels from eastern West Virginia on foot to save this girl that he loves who's trapped in Philadelphia. And it really goes through everything that this kid's experiencing, both hard skills and soft skills that we talked about, to get her and start that journey back. It's the first of the three-book series, and it is just everything that I ever wanted to read in a survival fiction story. So I'm, I'm really super excited about it. That is, that's really awesome. Did you ever think that you'd, you know, like six years ago that you'd be a fiction author? 
No, never. You know, I always have enjoyed survival fiction. I mean, I grew up reading My Side of the Mountain and Hatchet and, you know, I mean, Wolf, you know, what's uh, White Fang. White Fang, yeah. You know, I just loved survival fiction and those, you know, it's it's just such a part of how I think and who I am and kind of what shaped my childhood. And, you know, I, I never thought that I would, you know, be writing survival fiction, but it's been a really fun, it was a fun, fun, it's been really fun writing, writing those stories, man, because you don't, you're not necessarily, you know, confined by facts and yeah. things. So it's just been, it's just been really, it's just been a really fun opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to, we're going to take down the Hunger Games and then uh, we'll have a movie made based, made based off of your books. We're going to, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I got to give mad props to Suzanne Collins who wrote the, who wrote the Hunger Games because it's only because of that book series that, you know, I had the opportunity to write this book and she has opened up the doors of opportunity for so many other people as have you. And, um, you know, exposed an entirely new audience, the young adult audience, to survival skills that I believe are important that may have not otherwise had an interest in those. So I've definitely seen a spike in young adults and teenagers at my courses, and uh, and I think that's huge, and I give a lot of credit to her in that series. So Very good. All right, well, Creek, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Hey, Brett, man, I appreciate all that you do. I'm a huge fan of you and your site, and, you know, I, I eat up your content, so the pleasure is all mine. Well, thank you, sir. I'm, I'm humbled and honored. And just so you know, I'm at the Blade Show, and I've met probably five or six. I was only in there for a couple hours. I'm at the Blade Show in Atlanta, Georgia, and I've met five or six guys who come, who've come up to me and said, Dude, are you, are you Creek from the Art of Manliness, from the guy who writes on the Art of Manliness? So you have got Art of Manliness fans walking around at the Blade Night nice Show in Atlanta, Georgia today, Brett. That's awesome. Well, tell them well, if you. I'm serious, man. That's all. If you see any more, give them a, a a firm handshake for me. I certainly will. I certainly will. I told them. I said I'm get, getting ready to get on the phone with Brett from the podcast, and I think they were, I think they were a little jealous that I couldn't fit them all in the in the conference room. So. <laughs> Our guest today was Creek Stewart. Creek is the owner of Willowhaven Outdoor. You can find more information about its survival school at willowhavenoutdoor.com. And his latest book is The Unofficial Hunger Game Survival Guide. And you can find that book on amazon.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And hey, did you guys know we have a store? We do. It's store.artofmanliness.com. You'll find all sorts of Art of Manliness goodies there, T-shirts, posters um, with illustrations by Ted Slampiak, stationery, and we're adding new products. So love for you to check by, pick something up. It'll help support the podcast and the website and keep it going. So thanks. So until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. No matter what you're a fan of, Texas has the trip for you. There's the trip to Texas and the trip. 
Or maybe you're the kind of fan who'd prefer a trip to Texas. Or a trip. Either way, go to TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. What makes a Carnival Cruise fun? A picture-perfect beach day in Cozumel. Or a tropical adventure to Mayan ruins with snorkel excursion for good measure. A delectable surf and turf at sea. Topped off with craft cocktails at Alchemy Bar. Now, get some Z's. You never know what tomorrow will bring. Why? Because no one does fun like Carnival. Carnival. Choose fun. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama.